The way presentations are done in business is boring, ineffective and costly today. We can all ban presentations in our respective companies, but we can also try to fix it because there are good use cases for presentations in some contexts. So how do we fix it? Hello and welcome to Speak Like a CEO. We have an announcement to make, namely that we've just launched our brand new tactical guide. It's called Presentation Hacks, 50 powerful strategies to captivate any audience. It's completely free and I believe it offers more value than many of the courses on sale out there on the internet for hundreds of euros. You will find the link in the show notes. Why presentation hacks? Why is that important? Why did my team and I just spend weeks compiling these insights? Well, the way presentations are done in business is boring, ineffective and costly today. Think about it. If one person takes just a day to prepare a presentation, then presents it to, say, seven people in a room in a one-hour meeting, that's already two full working days gone before anything has happened. And in many companies, presentations are worked on by numerous people over several weeks. You can see how costly it is, especially if not much comes out of it at the other end and people are just bored and annoyed with the process. That's why companies like Amazon have banned presentations from their meetings. Now, we can all ban presentations in our respective companies. We could do that, but we could also try to fix it, which I think is the better way even here, because there are good use cases for presentations in some contexts. So how do we fix it? In fact, it's relatively easy to do, and it's relatively easy for you to be in the top 10% of presenters. To get there, you want to think about the three P's of presenting, or the 3PP method, as I call it. That's prepare, practice, and present. Let me give you some examples. Let's start with prepare, because that's the natural starting point. Usually you want to create something that's clear and inspiring and you want to get it done fast, right? That's, that's the environment we live in. The key to saving time is you need to pick a structure and fill it with life. And that's important because most presentations, well, they may have a structure, but it's kind of random. It's just, here's one thing and here's another thing and here's another thing and here's my conclusion. They have no dramatic arc and they are random and often boring. So the right structure will allow you to create your presentation way faster than without such a tried and tested template. You make it more memorable, you make it easier to follow and you make it more interesting for the audience. In this guide, I've included my five favorite structures, which you can just use and apply to certain contexts. For instance, the three act Hollywood structure you can use for inspirational speeches or if you internally need to talk about transformation. And it goes like this. The first act is excite. Well, there's a chance to make a difference. The second act is disturb. Well, but there are obstacles in our way. Success isn't guaranteed. The third act is assure, but everything's going to be all right because of these things we're going to do. And this is a classic movie structure, also used in a lot of great stories, so it naturally appeals to people. You also want to kill boring slides. We all know it, come on. I mean, boring slides kill our mojo, whether you're a listener or you're a presenter. And a common mistake I see all the time is that someone just had these slides and sort of tweaked them and used them all over again. Or the presenter uses the slides as a crutch and just put lots of bullet points on them. Now, to be clear, the slides must be for the audience, not the speaker. Their job is to support the narrative visually in order to make it more memorable. So if you create slides that support your narrative arc, support your structure and use visuals rather than lots of bullet points, again, you're head and shoulders above anyone else.
The second part is about practice, right? We've prepared something, now we need to practice it. And here's, I think, a, a mistake we see a lot, that many smart people focus too much on what they say and not enough on how they say it. When you present, according to one study, your message is formed of 7% words, 38% tonality and facial expressions, and 55% body language. The best speakers appear natural, authentic, and spontaneous, but the truth is they practice to appear this way. And that's good news, because it means that with practice, we can all become engaging presenters. To get there, you have to record yourself. I think there's no way around it. So I'm convinced that the camera is your friend, it's your coach, it's your accelerator of progress. And if you can work with a coach, great, but you can always record yourself on your phone. Then watch the recordings with sound and without sound, and you will see how fast you progress. And if you practice, just practice um, one skill at a time. So if you notice several things on a recording, just focus on one thing at a time and change that. Otherwise, it gets overwhelming and then we stumble over our words. So just Notice what needs to be improved and just focus on one thing at a time. And one thing we notice a lot, and probably you notice a lot, is that people say um and ah and like and you know a lot. And I know I'm guilty as anyone else. The question is, how do we get rid of this? When I started my podcast recordings five years ago, I was shocked how often I say, you know, and it was literally just by listening to the recording, understanding that I say this, understanding why I say this, that I could overcome it, hopefully, to some extent. So presenters who speak without filler words such as um and uh and like come across as more credible and likable and authoritative, which is why I tried to achieve that. So how do we get rid of them? We use them to give us time to think before we speak. So to cut out the ums and the you knows, you have to give yourself permission to pause for a second when thinking instead of filling the void with noise. The void is uncomfortable, which is why instinctively we want to fill it with sound. But that doesn't make it any better. In fact, it is annoying for the audience. And as I said, it is actually possible to get rid of it. Now, the third part is about presenting. So we talked about preparation, we talked about practice. Now let's talk about the presenting itself. Now, the gold standard of presenting is when you, when someone appears to be charismatic, right? If someone is charismatic, you just want to believe what they say and you're willing to follow them, invest in them, to work with them, enter partnership, you name it. So charismatic people, that's who we love to listen to. Now, how do you become charismatic? I used to think it's a sort of God-given talent or something that you acquire over the decades, but in fact, it's, it's a set of skills. So let's dissect this. Charismatic people give the impression that they have lots of competence, that they like you a lot, and they do so with an extraordinary presence. They can light up the room. If we put this together, we get the charisma formula, and that is presence plus competence plus warmth equals charisma. So if you focus on each of these in, in the guide, we talk how this can be done, then you too can become a charismatic presenter. And if you feel adventurous, you can even inject some humor. Now humor releases endorphins and has an energizing positive effect on the audience. It just creates that special bond, right? Laughing together. That is very powerful, but it can be tricky to pull off. Confident, appropriate humor increases likability and status, whereas nervous, inappropriate humor backfires. Using humor in a presentation is like a boxing match. You want to see that all the punchlines land, so don't swing and miss.
Now, these were just six out of the 50 powerful strategies that we share in our new technical guide presentation hacks. It's out now. Just go to the show notes and make sure you secure your copy now. Now, thank you for listening. I appreciate your support as always on this podcast and I'll see you all next time.